What's up, guys? This is Yuki coming at you with a microdose of ketamine today, and specifically answering the question, what does doing too much ketamine look like? This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Our goal is to educate and inform others about the realities of substance use in an engaging and entertaining format. We share these experiences so you can experience them without trying them yourself. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to attempt to recreate anything found in this episode or in any of our other content. We are not confessing to any acts stated in this podcast. The content in this episode should not be treated as factual or real in any way. Magic mushrooms might be able to cure addiction. For people suffering with severe PTSD, the benefit of talk therapy could be greatly improved with an unlikely drug, MDMA, popularly known as ecstasy. Could a drug stop suicidal thoughts in hours? Well, there is a drug. It's called ketamine. It's an anesthetic also used illicitly as a club drug, and it's now being used by some doctors who have patients in a serious suicidal state. You're listening to Modern Day Hippie, the podcast about doing drugs in a responsible, fun, and safe way to improve your life. We're your hosts, Yuki and Reggie, and we hope you enjoy the show. I wanted to record this episode because ketamine is a relatively newer drug to me, and honestly, I've been enjoying it a lot. So I've been doing primarily psychedelics for the last five years now, have a ton of experience with shrooms and LSD, and honestly, those substances are a big part of the reason of why Reggie and I started this show in the first place. But ketamine is something that is comparatively a newer drug to me. First time I did it was a couple of years ago, but I, I don't think I really felt it until maybe a year and a half or or two years ago. Uh, and actually only in the last, like I'd say five or six months have I actually started experimenting with it on a slightly more consistent basis and getting to the point where the drug feels a little bit more like comfortable and familiar to me. And it's not a totally foreign substance. I can honestly say that every experience that I've had with ketamine so far has been very positive and enjoyable. Uh, it's pretty quickly become one of my go-to drugs in pretty specific use cases, namely when it's kind of a chill like lounge or music vibe, hanging out with a group of friends at like a pretty laid back party or kickback kind of thing, and just wanting to be in a state of mind that's not necessarily like psychedelic, but makes me feel uh, almost drunk with without having to drink alcohol and then some other fun things added in there. But of course, every drug has its fair share of horror stories. So for ketamine, it's often you hear things like having really severe and permanent bladder damage, literally peeing out blood, getting just really addicted to the substance or even dying from doing too much of it. Obviously, all those things sound as terrifying to me as they do to you. And so I wanted to do a little bit of research to actually understand what it means to get addicted to ketamine, to do too much of it, and you know where I, I would want to draw the line in the future of continuing to do ketamine, which I definitely plan on it in, in reasonable quantities, of course. So did a bit of research for this episode, both reading some scientific studies, as well as talking to a number of people, uh, both online and in person uh, about ketamine experiences. So I'll go through kind of the most like severe things first, uh, down to like the least severe. So first and foremost, can you actually die from doing too much ketamine? It's almost impossible to OD on ketamine by itself. Like this is virtually unheard of. And if you do take too much ketamine, it will literally just knock you out as if you're like on the operating table at a doctor because that is the use case of ketamine. And actually they even use ketamine on infants in 
you know, when they, they need like emergency surgery and things like that, like this is, you know, a, a medical use substance first and foremost. And so if you do too much of it, you'll kind of knock yourself out. And if anything, that's just a waste of a lot of ketamine and probably a good amount of money that you spend on it. Now, where ketamine can become uh, more dangerous is when it's mixed with alcohol in particular. So alcohol and ketamine together have a high degree of neurotoxicity, which can be damaging to your brain. So watch out for that especially. And then mixing ketamine with drugs that are not psychedelics or MDMA can also have some fairly negative side effects. Uh, I would say ketamine is something that you shouldn't be mixing too much with other substances. And to be completely honest, the times I've enjoyed ketamine the most by far have been when I've just taken it by itself and really gotten to experience the drug fully uh, and, and given it my like 100% attention. Now, ketamine can also lead to some dangerous situations like drowning if you're just you know K-holing in a pool um, or even car accidents. In fact, one study even found that there is actually a disproportionately large number of ketamine-involved car accident fatalities compared to opioids and even alcohol. So if you are going to do ketamine, just make sure you're in a safe setting. Don't be somewhere where you wouldn't feel like comfortable potentially just like passing out or completely zoning out. Uh, I've definitely experienced that in like social settings where being introduced to new people and I'm like in the middle of ketamine experience and I just cannot interact for the life of me. Luckily, that's not like physically dangerous to me at all. It's just kind of an uncomfortable uh, mental situation. So we've we've talked about kind of the death and OD aspect of it. Not a huge deal, honestly. Next down the ladder is bladder damage. This is definitely the negative side effects I've heard most frequently with ketamine. So the the verdict here is that doing ketamine in kind of one-off scenarios will leave your bladder completely fine. In some very rare occasions, it can cause a little bit of bladder irritation, but that's not going to be permanent. You know, just take a break for like a couple of weeks and you'll be totally fine. And you honestly need to do a lot a lot of ketamine over a long period of time to really end up with those permanent bladder side effects. And we're talking like a gram or more a day for years at a time to get to the point where that damage is permanent. Obviously, if you're doing a gram a day for a month at a time, you may feel some side effects there. And that's when you should definitely stop because that's also basically addiction territory. But it's not as big of an issue as, uh, as I was kind of previously led to think. And to be honest, the bigger concern for casual frequent ketamine use is just building up a tolerance to the drug. So that brings us to the next rung down the ladder, which is what does ketamine addiction actually look like? Building up a tolerance with ketamine primarily happens if you do small amounts throughout the course of a day for a week or more at a time. And you're honestly way better off doing a big dose once or twice a month. So let's say like every two or three weeks. That's honestly kind of the schedule that I like inadvertently found myself on just when I'm in social situations where I actually want to do ketamine. And it's really nice because it leaves enough time between those instances where every time I do ketamine, I, I don't feel like I have any tolerance to it. I can literally just do a key bump and feel like a good uh, amount of the drug. And I can kind of keep that going throughout the night if I want to. 
Now, for context on what building up a tolerance might actually look like, uh, so there are stories of people doing literally two, three, even up to like five or six grams a day to get the feelings of what they would get from you know a half to a full gram in in the beginning of building up their tolerance. So it can scale up very quickly. Honestly, ketamine is not the cheapest drug, so that would also burn a hole in your wallet for sure. If you really continue with a like very heavy consistent ketamine usage, you can become permanently tolerant to it. But if you get to that stage, then there are just, I think, other problems that that you should be uh, thinking about and dealing with. So the ultimate verdict here is that at small doses, so doing something like half a gram of key bumps over the course of a night, once or twice a month, you will almost certainly be fine. You won't experience any of those negative side effects and you'll honestly have a great time with the ketamine. The best part of that is you don't even need that high a quantity of it to, to get a lot of that sensation if you're splitting up your ketamine usages, you know, but two to three weeks in between each one. And honestly, it's a very, very fun drug. Uh, it's great in the settings I described earlier, like just kind of chill, like music, lounge settings with friends. And one of the coolest parts about it is that you can really control how you feel over the course of a night. So once you get more comfortable with it, you'll get a sense of what feeling you'll get from you know a key bump or some like small amount um, that you're doing. And so you can keep a pretty consistent feeling going through the course of an entire night if you want if you want to ease up a bit you literally just have to wait like 45 to 60 minutes and let it go away and you have a lot of control over your experience there so even the stories you hear about like k-holes and things like that like you have to pretty intentionally do a large amount of ketamine to really hit that that level of like dissociated um, from your body now, the other great thing is when you do decide you're done doing ketamine, you can get to a pretty sober state within one or two hours. Of course, that depends on how much you've done over the course of a night. So if you just do one or two key bumps, honestly, like 60 to 90 minutes later, I'll be totally fine. I'll be like good to drive and, and chilling. If it's over a longer period of time, then you might need more like two hours. But I mean, if you compare that to something like alcohol, where if you have a night of heavy drinking, you are not driving anywhere for the next many hours, you know, even the next morning, you might still be drunk or horribly hungover. And honestly, I, I haven't had any bad like day after experiences with ketamine at all. So to summarize the research on ketamine, if you take ketamine by itself, it's virtually impossible to overdose or die on it. You can avoid bladder damage from ketamine by just doing reasonable amounts. Like you could do up to a gram once or twice a month, and that's like quite a good amount. And you'll still like 99.9% be like totally fine. Uh, as far as addiction, you know, a, a signal to yourself that you might be developing an addiction is that you're growing too much of a tolerance to it. It takes like multiple grams within, you know, a day or a session to get the feeling that you did at the beginning. It's definitely a sign that you need to stop and take a break of at least a couple of months. And ultimately, yeah, just be smart, be responsible, take those small doses. And if anything, my experience with most drugs is that the longer you wait in between instances of taking them, the more you'll enjoy them when you actually do them. Um, that's also like my experience with Molly, with psychedelics to some extent. But I know that the longer I wait to do these substances, the more I'm going to enjoy it when I do it. Hope you guys learned something in this episode and that's the pod. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. We really fucking appreciate y'all. If you want to show us some love, it would actually mean the world to us. If you're listening on YouTube, drop the video a like and the channel a subscription. And if you're listening on a podcast, just leave us a quick rating. These few seconds of your time go a really long way in helping us out. If you want to hit us up with questions, episode ideas, or anything else, you can reach us on Twitter at mdhpod or email us at mdhpod at gmail.com. Finally, we're just getting started with the pod, and our promise to you is to make every episode at least 1% better than the last. We'll catch you next week.